0: a bit of die straights there with Romeo and Juliet and you're on 94.1 FM, 3WBC, Voice of the Inner East and you can stream us live on www.3wbc.org.au and hopefully we've got Jamie on the line. How are you mate? No, it's uh, Frank, sorry. Well, that's I'm Frank, right. is it? Yeah, good on you mate, good on you. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing alright, I'm doing really well actually, really, really well. It's a, it's a weird old morning, but I was out there early this morning and, and uh, doing a bit out in the backyard before I came into the studio, so uh, I made the mistake yesterday, I, I actually, uh, it was a pick of a drive home, it, was, uh, well, it took me almost two hours to get home, and on the way I ended up diverting, I had to divert back through the city to, to avoid Alexander Parade and everything, so I went up through Footscray. And uh, so I dropped into the Bunnings on my way home because I was going to get some timber. I couldn't get a cut, so I thought, "Oh well, I made the mistake of walking through the nursery, didn't I?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I've been warned not to go there
0: anymore. <laughs> oh yeah, it's the same same way, mate. And uh, so anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Twenty minutes later, um, I walk out with uh, with a little thing of a little thing of hops and. a... Uh, and some gu- um, chili and guava and oh, nice. uh and uh what was the other thing i got oh a, a little punnet of uh of capsicums because my capsicum seedlings didn't really strike that well so i was out there last night i chucked the capsicums in this morning i was hunting around for a place to put the put them in and i got a mate one of our mates from uh, from work um uh, gave me a great big, huge bag of um boysenberries so oh a, wow yeah so i got ai got a i've got a put them in somewhere now so and i offered him some raspberries and he just looked at me and said no go away my raspberries are growing through the roof now
1: (laughs) (laughs) i think i told you last time i just with the garden space i don't have the room for my raspberries and uh I, I've sort of got to do the back fence with the neighbour, so I've, I've dug them all out. Mm. Go to my, my my cousin. I've sort of scoped out secretly his backyard and they go, you know what would grow well here? <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, wow, this is fantastic. I'm Like, yeah, I'll plant them for you. We'll get it set up. Yeah. No worries. In exchange for that, yep. you've got some beautiful plums and. Um, yeah. Done deal, but uh, yeah, I've just I don't have the room where they were growing, and I'm, I'm actually going to because it gets full sun all the time. Yeah, I'm actually going to um, grow blood orange there. so oh, yeah, cool. That will that will um, that'll sort of add to the the food in the backyard. Yeah, but, uh, I, I put it, a blood
0: it, yeah I put a blood orange in a little while ago and okay. got my first got my first plum off it a uh, plum first um or, uh, orange off it and it wasn't a blood orange at all. It was like it was just a I don't know navel or something but it wasn't very red inside. So I don't ah. know what's happened.
1: Well, that's yeah. why, that's why <clears throat> this area I've tagged out the back is uh, it, it gets full sun all day, so it'll get that light intensity, and that does yeah. actually um, increase that red pigment within there. Oh, I know my no, cover's actually got, yeah, um, yeah that's in a, in a sort of semi-shade, and he, it's sort of far and few that he gets a lot of red within there, so yeah. they do need that full sun.
0: Might be what mine is, because mine gets reasonably full sun, but it is shaded for part of the day.
1: But it's been a good morning. You're right. I've been out there doing my bug hunting. I've, I've decided this year I have got a little container. I think I was speaking to you at uh, work there. I've got a little container of the neem oil. Um, I, unfortunately, because the soil I got in wasn't absolutely the best, so I've had to yep. do a little bit of remedial work in the raised garden. Um, possibly that's that's been a bit of an indicator for the pests to come in, but my um, mandarin tree had a lot of the citrus leaf miner, so... right. Um, I've cut that back, and 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 I guess it's you know for, for anyone with with their fruiting trees and things is to create enough airflow to look at the shape of it. So yep. I decided to really hit it back hard, um, prune it so there's good airflow through there, um, feed it up. Um, obviously, you know the and things. I don't want to really um, smash around the roots too much, but um, a lot of worm castings, good manure, and it's rocketing away and um, As they suggest anyway with the the citrus leaf miner if it's still there the young foliage will be the one you'd probably need to uh spray but at the moment it's looking good i don't particularly want to use chemicals so i'm just keeping my eye on it. i've got the yellow traps up
0: yep yep. but um
1: i've just found you know good feed up with citrus um and just look at the pruning so it's it's coming really good but i am keeping my eye on it I, i don't particularly want to use it i haven't seen as per last year, massive amounts of bees. I've seen enough. I've got enough yep. plants bringing them in there. I haven't seen um, the the blue bees around the property um, th- this year, but I, I just want to back. Or w- I mean, I don't really use chemicals. The first time, I'd probably be hitting it with anything. But I just thought, no, nah, I, I I know you got to spray it early in the morning, yeah, um, just in case. But it's. Yeah, I've I've got enough flowering uh, food things around the garden that I just thought no, I'm just going to keep watching it, and if yeah. anything I see coming up, I'm just going to prick it out. It's it's the same. as we, we're talking about work with pests. Every yeah. now and then, you spend five or ten minutes in the the backyard. You know, I think I was telling you that I've been a little bit lazy putting up that fine netting around um, my horseradish and the red cabbage and things. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, it's just been you know, it's not that. Painfully, I always find a few extra things to do in the garden, but you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, you really got to
0: keep your eye on it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's like, um I, a, um, I remember seeing a, a video uh, about a, a lot of, especially over in the US and Canada, and that the, the small, small sort of backyard market gardens are all on the rise, and they are here too. Um, so intensive, um, intensive gardens on very small plots, you know, very tiny plots, like a quarter acre and stuff, thousand square meters. Mm. And they grow a lot of salad veggies and all that sort of stuff and microgreens, and that's because that's where the money is. But one of the farms they had was a bit bigger, and the guy said they've got a policy with all their workers: no matter what you're doing, no matter what job you're doing, if you see a weed, you are you have to stop and and dig it out. And, and everyone carries a like a little hessian sack with them, and it's, every time they see a weed, they either pop the weed, and if, they, if it's a if they can just drop it upside down and let it wither, they will. If it looks if it's a pernicious weed, it goes into the bag, and and that's part of the rule, part of your, their induction is, if you see a weed, it doesn't matter what job you're doing, you stop what you're doing and you take that weed out of the ground straight away. You don't yeah, worry yeah. about tagging it and getting someone else to do it. Do it right there, right then. And he said, and after two years the entire plot, which I think is like like two acres or something these people are, are, are doing, or you know, two or three acres, it's almost weed-free. Yeah, He yeah. said the first year it was a nightmare because productivity just dropped dramatically because people mm. were just weeding constantly. Mm. And then after the second year, it just it's just a matter of everybody just keeps on top of it. And, and yeah. he said, you don't even think about it then. You walk down the backyard and you're popping weeds. I'm yeah. not quite that full-on about it, but <laughs> in my pathways between my garden beds... I've got these, I don't know what they are, but they're, uh, they, they sw- sort of send out runners. and They also flower as well, so they're, they're really invasive. But every time I see them, I just walk through and I just, I, I just scuff them all as I'm walking yeah. through and knock the tops off them. and I just be- keep doing that, and it just sort of wipes them out and keeps them mostly under the control. It's just um, good
1: practice. Like yeah. I, I can relate to that story you were saying, because my front yard, there's not a weed in it. Um, the grass, I haven't kept but a uh, native grass sort of i'm trying to encourage it's, it's growing quite well the uh, microlena but we get a few hard erecta growing through there and a few other things that i've been picking in the garden area where all the plants are i've been mm. fussy and i can spot it a mile off, and <laughs> i can't rest
0: yeah i have got to go in
1: there and pick it out it goes in the compost pile but it's just good it is sort of good practice if you can while you see it take it out um you know, if you can carefully pick it out. Otherwise, I've got you know a short walk around to just a little blade that I can get in there and get the
0: yeah exactly out. yeah
1: um, good yeah. practice. And you know, again in the compost, if it hasn't got seeds on it and things, um, then you're just adding back into that
0: compost pile. But uh, well, I'm yeah, lucky because good practice everything everything of mine. I've decided I'm I've I'm, actually trialing not running a compost bin at all this year. Because uh, I've got chooks, and what I used to do is I used to separate stuff for the chooks, stuff for the compost bin that the chooks wouldn't eat necessarily, and then yeah, and then another pile, another thing for eggshells. Um, so right. I didn't want to put eggshells in with the chooks because I don't want to get the taste of the eggs, so you, yeah. you'd treat yeah. them separately and cook them and stuff. Yep. Um, but anyway, so this year I've decided, no, I'm just gonna, everything's going to go into the chook pen. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to – the compost bin was starting to fall apart, so I thought, right, I'll just trial this because I've seen it done elsewhere. Everything just goes straight into the chook yard. They've got a small yard that they stay in most of the time and and let them turn it over and pick out what they want. And then the rest, they'll just, you know, deep sort of dig over into the ground. And it's, it seems to be working. So there's a couple of things that uh, I'm not sure if are going to work, like because we used to put paper in the compost bin. I'm not sure if we can keep doing that. And, uh, but everything else just goes in there and, and it seems to be doing really, really well. And all the, all the um, weed seeds, everything goes into that area. And if they don't eat it, they tur- they turn the soil around so much that it doesn't get a chance to germinate, almost. Yeah, so, yeah. and if weeds do come up in that area, I can just go in there and scuff them out anyway. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> good little helpers in the garden. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Although, they're, look- yeah, they're locked away at the moment, so. <laughs>
1: i I do remember growing up with a the mess they made also in the veggie patch getting there tearing over young seedlings oh yeah so. <laughs> that's why
0: that's why they're actually isolated so i've got a, a little part where I keep the like an orchard sort of thing and then I've got a smaller enclosure inside there and i've keep i'm keeping them in there for the moment because I'm trying to um, re-establish some under some co- uh, ground covers and stuff so they, i'm not going to let them out there until that's all established and they won't rip it to pieces yeah because they can be incredibly damaging you know, <laughs> really damaging yeah ducks however are not so bad because they they eat a few things, but they don't turn the ground over, and they're great hunters for slugs and snails. Yeah. Well, I trained my cool. chooks. I, I I started feeding little baby snails and everything as treats and everything. So now when I throw some snails over there, they just gobble them up. It's great. Ah, great. Yeah. yeah that. It's that awesome. they,
1: last year my horse race, I didn't. I just a large pot. I don't want it taking over the veggie patch, but uh, I hadn't noticed the build up in the you know the little snails and and. It ended up just that the whole plant got skeletonized. Yeah. Um, you know, you go away, you come back, and uh, it was a mess. So I had to sort of treat that. But, uh, yeah, that <laughs> maybe you can hire out your chickens
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, if I had my way, I'd have the chickens there, I'd have the ducks there, and I'd have a sheep or a goat for actually doing the lawn mowing, right, rather than <laughs> mowing the grass and stuff that I've got. And the and the block next door that I maintain as well, um. Yeah. And, but yeah, you're not allowed to have a sheep or a, or a goat. But I'd <laughs> love to have a goat. It's, I mean, I was as a kid. I remember was having. We had a, a goat and and you know and a, we had a couple of kids and of course once the kids were weaned off, we had goat's milk and so that was great.
1: Yeah.
0: You know? and a goat's manageable. So, yeah, you know, it's a nice size. So.
1: Well, look. Speaking about all those things, it's it, it's quite interesting. You know, we go on our rants, but um, between chickens, your ducks, goats, you've got the room um this natural control you know i I know um so you know uh one of the, the horticulture friends there i mean you, you know the chemicals they put in stuff mm, that mm. hit the supermarkets um i mean this person has their own um uh, you know growing their own crops and, yep, and yep. grapes and things like that, and just knows i mean unfortunately when you grow on a large scale, you know how much chemicals have to be used mm. um and and that's sort of been for, for, you know, we're on a small property, but to grow things, and you, you, your blueberries, your strawberries, and things like that, the amount of chemicals that get used yeah. on that really for big production, understandably, it's a seasonal crop, mm. but you know if you've got the room, I think I said to you out the back, we're just going to get some bantams, the silkies and I, don't, I know they don't lay a lot but no. there's a lot of other things they can do Exactly. Um, talking about chemicals as well, you know that if, more and more people are becoming conscious about where the food comes from and what's happened to it so yeah. I've, I've been trialling plants you know, I've got plants in pots moving around the garden, I've got a lot of different uh, lavenders, um and I'm trialling. I've got a r- little bit of room out the front where I'm trialling flowering plants. You know, I-, I love my natives, but where I've extended on it's a little bit eclectic. There's-, there's natives, there's other sort of typical cottage ones. And I'm just seeing what's drawn to it, you know. Yeah, I've got yeah. Uh, in there. There's a few other flowering things that they've got. The hoverflies are straight at it. Even this morning when I went to check on stuff, they're straight there. Right. And as I said, I haven't seen, which they're fantastic for pollinating the tomato plants, the blue-banded bees.
0: Yep, yep. Um,
1: if people, you know, one thing that I have tracked to do to dianellas, the, the, the flax lilies, the, the, yep. you know, the little drooping fl- flax lilies, the dianellas are fantastic for that. I've got some emi bu- bushes, are er- eromophilas, fantastic for that. Echinacea's been going really good but um, just looking around the garden of what kind of pest control you can do by introducing plants and if you don't have room putting things in pots. Um, Funny enough though the the three plants, different types, but the three plants that are going the whole bush is just about moving. It's an absolute city of different types of insects. So we've got There's native little wasps, there's there's bees, um, large um, native bees, Um, there are normal bees. The whole thing is just swarming like a cloud. Uh, From the myrtle family, the the leptospurnums, so you've got some beautiful cultivars, I've got their mesmerise and also ballerina, but um, because they produce so much, flowers and also, you know, all the goodies that the insects want, uh, it is an absolute swarm, so I'm Attempted this year to actually um, put some things in pots that I can move around my veggie patch um, without taking up room in my veggie patch. You know, to bring those predator bugs and and pollinators in. Um, It can be done. You've just got to run some trials and even ask your you know your questions down at any sort of horticultural plant you know plant sales place um even the back these days the cards are getting a lot better to saying what they do you know bird yeah. feeder uh pollen you know bring in the pollinators or whatever um there's some classics e- even actually coriander last year i noticed um the amount of hoverflies and things around yeah. that oh yeah so what, it's amazing and parsley's
0: like. the same parsley's, yeah.
1: yeah yeah so i've staggered it mate i've actually got ones. i'm, I'm chopping a lot of one and picking sparingly the other deliberately so it will go to seed, flowering yeah, yeah. seed, to bring that in. And I've just got them placed around from, um, you know, the tomatoes to other things there because um, I know it really works. But it, it's, you know, it's a bit of trial and error. I've got some lovely flowering things there that I don't see much around it, but some of the classics really work, you know.
0: Well, that's two things come out of that is, is one is that idea of moving pots around to get yeah, moving to, to, to actually get beneficial insects to follow the pots and, and actually do some other work in the garden for you. And the other thing is, is to just put stuff out there and see if it works. Yes, and never, yes. be af- never be afraid to try something out. And you won't always have a success. I mean, I've had my fair share, maybe my, more than my fair share of failures, um, mm. of stuff that hasn't worked. And, and I know now that it's either white, it's not suited for that spot, or it doesn't like my clay soil, or mm. I'm really slack and I didn't water it enough, or you know all of that sort of stuff. And so you learn what works and what doesn't work, both for Absolutely. the garden and for your lifestyle. Because if you're yeah. not going to get out there and water stuff that needs a lot of water, don't plant it. Yes, I mean, yes. Yeah, that's that's the bottom line. If you're if you're prepared to go out there and look after it and everything if it needs looking after, that's great. But if you've yeah, got a, think, if you want a maintenance free garden, put maintenance free plants in. Yeah,
1: well, yeah. out the front, I think I told you one of my. When I plant a plant, I'll wait till uh, uh, autumn. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll plant it, I'll water it to the end of autumn, um, and maybe when we come out of winter, spring, maybe sparingly, but otherwise it gets its water through autumn to establish and then I'll leave it but you know like like I said I'm passionate about natives and some of the local species I've put in here yeah um but I have noticed that if you get it in in that warm period that it can still develop roots into the ground to stabilize itself and establish um from autumn water to establish and leave it you know yeah, so but- you know even in pots um you know what you just have to be careful a little bit more but yeah. um yeah, if you if you're short of room, I think it's trial and error. A pipe's not going to hurt. It's only taking up a small bit of space. Yeah, but you can see what brings the pollinators and the predatory bugs in. It does work, and 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 I'm really, you know, being quite fussy now. Going right, I, I haven't really touched. Yes, I've used a bit of the, the, the pyrethrum spray here and there sparingly, yep. but um, I'm hanging on to this little bottle of neem oil for the the, the, the spray on the young leaves um, for the citrus uh, leaf miner. Yep. But I think, you know, again, using good old skills of just pruning back, being smart, not crowding the centre, yeah, yeah. Uh, opening it up. And, and, you know, as we just said, plant choice around that uh, to bring it in. So, yeah. you know, it, 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 it takes a little bit, bit of time. Sometimes I've been a little bit gung ho buying plants and getting them in there. I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, geez, I should have taken a bit more time. But, <laughs> um, but you sometimes know, you just got
0: to get them in and hope, and hope for the best. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, if I've made the mistake, I'll just hover around it for a while, just going, "Are you growing well? You <laughs> look, you know, I'm ready to take you out and put another thing in." But... Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah now, the look, big problem, yeah, the, fun of it. the talking about citrus. The the, the big problem I've got at my place is gall wasp, and um, yeah. and only because the the people next door who moved in about a year ago have now moved out, but they didn't really look after the tree. It's a magical tree. It's a lemon tree next door, and I will get lots of lemons off it. Um, as well, um, and uh, but it's just, it's not looked after, it's not, yeah. they don't look, and so there's massive big, you know, there's gall wasps all over it, so of yeah. course they keep jumping the fence and coming to my place. Case, isn't yeah. it,
1: people, like I've got neighbours, same thing, and I, I again, have had to prune off uh, on my lime tree some bits, so it's just making that conversation of going, you know, maybe, maybe they don't know about it, maybe, you know, to, to actually offer <laughs> yeah, well, over there well I'm,
0: I'm thinking about doing that because the house is vacant at the moment. So, yeah. um, because they've got it back on the market, so they, they didn't last long. I don't know if I put <laughs> them off or not, but anyway. Hey, listen, can you hang around for a few minutes? We might go for a break. Yep. And when we we'll come back, we'll uh, spend another five, ten minutes uh, having a bit of a chat, and then it'll all be over, mate.
1: The time, <laughs> no worries, the time mate. goes quick.
0: All right. Um, <laughs> you're on uh, 94.1 FM, 3WBC, uh, with uh, Mike and Jamie uh, on the Good Earth. And uh, we're going to come back uh, again after this track and have a bit more of a chat with Jamie before Bricks and Mortar comes up at 10 o'clock. So here we go. Let's see if this one works.